0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Well, I don't know about you, but you know what I haven't liked doing lately? Looking in the mirror. Um, I know that barbers opened a while back, but mine hasn't opened yet. So my hair right now is kind of a situation, and every time I look in the mirror... It's kind of uncomfortable, I'm not going to lie. What about you? Uh, Do you like looking in the mirror all the time? Maybe there's something about yourself that you're kind of insecure about or you don't really like. Um, You know, maybe you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I'm so excited for this day. It's going to be great. And you realize when you look in the mirror that you have a giant zit, you know, that's super visible, (laughs) somewhere prominent on your face. Or maybe you get home at the end of the day and then you look in the mirror and realize, oh man, I had a piece of broccoli stuck in my teeth. How come nobody told me? And that can be really embarrassing as well. Uh, super uncomfortable, obviously, you know, or maybe it's, you get home from the mall cause malls are open now and you put on that shirt and all of a sudden you look in the mirror and it doesn't fit quite like you thought it did when you're trying it on at the store or now you can't even use the change room. So I guess, yeah, that's an even more complicated thing. It's honestly, it's, it can be uncomfortable to look in the mirror. Um, And I think you'll agree with me when I say that the most uncomfortable experiences looking in the mirror are not when you're looking at something physical that you don't like about yourself, but it's when you look at something about your character, something about your personality that you don't like about yourself. Um, Sometimes the person in the mirror that you're facing, you know, is really tough, especially after maybe you're in a situation where you know you've messed up, Um, maybe you know, you've, you've been in a pattern of doing something for a while and you finally look in the mirror and acknowledge it. You know, that can be really tough, really uncomfortable. And when we see those things in the mirror, when we, you know, look and, and we figure out, oh, man, that's that's something I have to change. Or, that's something I don't like about myself, you know, in your character or something in your soul, like your mind, your will, or your emotions that, that is a little bit out of balance or just, you know, it's a blind spot. It's a fault that you have a flaw. Um, there's different reactions that you can that you can have. One of the reactions um, is you can just kind of brush it off and say, oh, well, you know, it's part of my personality. I'm just a driven person. So yeah, sometimes I'm mean to people, but it's because I want results or maybe you're the type of person who looks in the mirror and you know, you don't necessarily deal with it. um, But you try and make excuses like you see that it's there and you try and make excuses like, oh man. Like, yeah, I acknowledge it's bad and it has to change, but it's not my fault, it's that other person's fault, or it's this situation's fault, you know? Um, or maybe you're the type of person who looks in the mirror and sees absolutely nothing wrong. And you're like, what are you talking about, Joel? Um, I look in the mirror and love what I see every day. And if that's you, then awesome. I guess you're gonna be bored through the mess of this message. But um, for everybody else, You know, there can be a bunch of different reactions. You know, maybe you're the type of person that looks in the mirror and you get down on yourself when you see a flaw. You know, you beat yourself up and you're like, oh man, I I, I hate that I do this and I don't like that about myself and I'll never change. And, you know, maybe that's kind of like a tough experience, a tough situation for you. So, you know, especially now in this time, um, whenever we were faced with, new circumstances, um, whenever we're faced with new challenges, especially ones that are, that we didn't choose that are imposed on us. It's going to bring stuff out in us that we don't like. It's going to, a lot of the things that were happening kind of maybe quietly under the surface now have been amplified. For example, if you were an impatient person before the pandemic, you are probably a lot more impatient now. If you're the type of person who, um, who was maybe really bad at listening before the pandemic, chances are um, you're probably worse at listening now. And that goes also goes for things that were you know, going in the right direction. But um, especially especially in this time, when you look in the mirror and you see things that you don't like about yourself, those things probably came out that much more in the past few months. And it can be easy for us to, to try and, and say, oh, well, the solution is this, or Government's doing this wrong, or the church is doing that wrong, and um, you know, look at what's even what society's doing, and all those people aren't wearing masks, or that guy isn't standing six feet apart. And because of all of that focus and distraction, we can take our eyes off of some of the stuff that maybe in us, you know, is something that needs to change. So, question this morning is: How does God feel about what is going on inside of us? How does God feel about you know, when we look in the mirror and we see stuff that we don't like, what, is, what does he have to say about our flaws? Or, you know, more specifically, what does he have to say about us acknowledging our flaws? You know, how should we face that situation? How should we face, you know, when we look in the mirror and there's something about our life that isn't right, that isn't good? What should we do? Um, you know, how should we respond? And does it even matter? Does it even matter how we respond? Isn't it enough just to say, well, everybody responds differently and maybe they change and maybe they don't, but that's life. Um, I think there's some answers for that. So uh, if you got your Bibles or devices or whatever you're following along, maybe it's just the screen. Um, I want you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews was written to a bunch of Jews that were not sure whether or not the Christian faith was actually as good as they thought it was. And they're wrestling with you know, maybe going back to Judaism or staying with Christianity. And part of that is it, this in this chapter four, the writer of Hebrews goes through a bunch of different stuff that are kind of promises for God's people. And one of the things that he mentions that really important is the word of God. So if you're um, if you're not used to like reading from the Bible or what that is, Bible is basically a collection of books that details who God is, his plan for the earth, um, you know, stories about when he came in the form of Jesus, and you know, the gospel, the good news for us who choose to believe. So in chapter 4, verse 12, you have this really powerful statement. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So, if you are uncomfortable with something in your life and you want clarity on it, the best thing to do is to use the Bible to go through it. The reason why is detailed right here. It exposes between soul and spirit. So, uh, again, if you're new to that concept, spirit is the thing that that we get, you know, where we, we interact with God, that part of us that interacts with God. And then soul is the part of us that is still being healed. It's it's still kind of broken and God's restoring it and renewing it day by day. So the fact that the word helps us distinguish between soul and spirit means, and again, it, it expands on that and says, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So it's not only the action or the behavior, but it's what's behind that action or what's behind that behavior, the motivation for it. I mean, sometimes you might even be really, really dissatisfied or unhappy doing good deeds, doing acts of service and and trying to do the right thing. And that might be a problem with your motivation. So the word can help with that. Um, This is other verse. This is also a really important one. Um, In the book of James. Now, James is one of the best New Testament books on wisdom that you'll find. And when it comes to Christian living and, you know, what someone's life looks like who's really a follower of Jesus. The book of James details it very, very well. So listen to this part. I'm I'm gonna read from James chapter one, verses 19 to 25. Understanding this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So I love what uh, the analogy that James uses here. He talks about, you know, if you listen to God's word, if um, you're part of a church or if you're not, and but maybe you've been watching church online and maybe you've been watching several churches online, maybe you've been listening to Christian podcasts. So you're, you're hearing the word, but you don't act on it. Nothing changes in your life. Then James says, it's just like if you look in a mirror, walk away and forget what you look like. It's, it's like what we're talking about. When you look in a mirror, You see something about your life that's uncomfortable that you don't like, and then you just forget about it two seconds later when you walk away. That's what it's like when you listen to the word, but don't do it. So Hebrew says, bring the word in to that process of looking in the mirror. And then James takes it even further and says, bring the word in and act on it, act on it. So, and I love how he, he, I wanted to read that chunk because it gives a good context here. He says, you have to be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. One of one of the things about that is that if you're gonna do those things, you have to check. Well, am I being slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry? And then he says, very plainly, get rid of all the filth and evil. So clearly, if someone is quick to speak, is not slow, uh, uh, is not quick to listen or slow to listen and gets angry all the time, then there's probably some evil and filth thing to get rid of. So. That's something that you're looking at if you have trouble listening if you always are running your mouth or if you're always getting angry there's probably some kind of evil or filth that's lurking in your life that james is telling you you have to deal with that that's not enough just to hear about the fact that yeah there's something in your life that's not good you have to do something now james i love um he also in the same book a few chapters later gives exactly what you should do when you look and this is more specifically when it comes to um This is more specifically when it comes to the issue of a specific deed that you see in your past that's wrong. So look at what James says. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So what happens is, as James is talking about here, it's not enough just to acknowledge it for yourself. Or maybe even confess it like between you and God. You actually have to find another human being and confess those wrongdoings, confess those areas of your life that are broken, and then pray about them together. Sometimes I feel like we don't talk about confession enough in the Christian faith because, you know, in possibly some other circles, confession has kind of been used in a weird way. But confession is a beautiful thing, it really frees you of that thing that you're looking at in the mirror and figuring out, whoa, this is not who I want to be. Now, this is so important, okay? Maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, that's a great message, but I don't feel like there's anything in my life that needs to change, or I feel like, yeah, you know, I, I, I listen to the, the sermons and I read the Bible, and but here's the thing, are you acting on it? And This is the thing with mirrors, is that sometimes when we get used to looking at in the mirror, we miss things that other people see. We just come to like, get used to seeing that thing and it doesn't bother us anymore. So I wanna ask you this question too. When's the last time you apologized to someone? If you can't remember, chances are, you need to do a little bit of examination in the mirror. So, you know, when it comes to this verse, I think it's so important because Right now, the church is in a really interesting time where we're not able to do things like we've been doing them. And because of that, you have an opportunity right now to be part of the church still being a light in this world, the church still bringing hope to people. How does that happen? Well, it happens when people look at our lives and we become a mirror to who God is. And in order for us to be that mirror, we also have to look in the mirror in front of us and look at ourselves and think, am I reflecting God right now? Am I really reflecting who God is? Because I think going forward, that's how God really wants to use his church. He wants to use his church to get us to move forward in reflecting who he is, not just by you know coming together on Sundays or having gatherings, which are great. I love them and I can't wait to get back to them. But I think he really is focusing it on wanting to renew his church and the reason for that is because we don't have the same methods available to us right now. But that's something that God is continually doing. Through Holy Spirit, he continually wants to renew who we are. Now, watch this. In, uh, in the book of Matthew, okay? There's this amazing chunk. And Jesus actually fulfills much of the purpose for our lives, especially when it comes to reflecting God. Um, he's teaching in this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. I encourage you, Google it if you don't know what that is. and look at Matthew chapter five verses thirteen. He says, "You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a stand where it gives light to, or sorry, under a basket instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father i think this is really powerful because god is saying it's it's not just about doing good deeds and getting credit or doing good deeds so that people will like us it's about doing good deeds so that people can see who god is and the other places that you'll see this word shine used is when it's talking about god's glory jesus here is pointing to our purpose in life and that is to let our lights shine so that not it's not about our glory but it's about god's glory shining through us and then people look at us and they go wow god is real god is a legit this can be a confusing time if you all we're doing is thinking about all the different things that reopening and how's the church going to move forward and how should the church move forward there's one thing that for sure that if we all focus on this, God's going to use the church in a big and powerful way. And that's paying attention, looking in the mirror and looking at those flaws that God wants us to deal with. James puts it, uh, that verse in James talks about confession so that we can be healed. It's we're not going to change anything by, you know, human effort. It's the Holy spirit bringing healing to those areas that are driving us to act the way we act. Maybe you're watching this morning and you're thinking, huh, that's interesting. But you've never come into a relationship with Jesus. You've never actually decided, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I want to invite you to do that this morning. It's the best thing that you can do. It's hard and the Christian life is full of you know, challenges. It's full of trying seasons, but it is so worthwhile. Um, when you begin to look at the person that you are with Jesus and you see, wow, there's things in my life that aren't that great. You have hope that those things are going to change and that that those things changing are also going to bring hope and inspire other people and that they're going to be changed by it as well. So I want to invite you, um, you know, accept him, decide you're going to follow him. It's as easy as three things, accept that you're a sinner. Um, Believe that Jesus came, he lived, he died and he rose again. And confess him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Just pray. Pray those things. Talk to God about it. And if you do that, we'd love to hear from you as well. I'm going to pray for us. And then um, right after this, I hope you can join us on Facebook Live. Uh, We're going to be chatting and praying and just talking about this message a little bit more. And um, that's our time to kind of hang out. It's kind of like our post-sermon fellowship. So hope to see you on Facebook Live. I'm going to pray. Father, thank you so much. For this morning. Thank you for everyone who is watching. I ask that anybody who hears the sound of my voice would not only hear this message, but take it to heart. That they would begin to look at their lives, look in the mirror, and be able to see how well they are reflecting who you are. God, I ask that this would not be a message of um, condemnation or a message of accusation, but it'd be an invitation to hope. Hope that things can change. Hope that that we can change, that we can affect change simply by acknowledging the things in us that need to change. God, I ask for anyone who's watching or hears the sound of my voice that does not know you. God, invite them in to know you. Show them who you are by the power of Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, um, thank you so much again for tuning in, and we'll see you on Facebook Live. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.